Hey, it's Jed Hearn, host of Wizards, Warriors, and Words. If you're enjoying the writing advice on this show, you might like my new podcast, The Jed Hearn Show, where every week I share the best fantasy writing advice that I've learned from publishing three fantasy novels and a best-selling video game. There's over 12 episodes that you can listen to right away, including my top 10 fantasy books of all time, how to make fantasy names that don't suck, two rules that make writing effortless, and my complete summaries of Brandon Sanderson's and Neil Gaiman's writing classes, and much more. Check it out by searching for The Jed Hearn Show in your podcast app. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Wizards, Warriors and Words, a fantasy writing advice podcast. My name is Jed Hearn, author of Across the Broken Stars, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, starting with Rob. Hello. Uh, okay. Who shall I be today? Uh, today, I'm going to be uh, Alicia Amstel-Burke, author of Blood of Airs. Damn, you're a good writer. <laughs> Mike. Hi, I'm Michael R. Fletcher, author of Beyond Redemption. And, and Dirk. And I'm Dirk, and I wrote some Paternus stuff, and I'm writing Ooh. some other stuff now. Which we will get into later in this episode. And we are joined again by our special guest, Clayton Snyder. Clayton, welcome back. Hey, thanks. I am Clayton Snyder, and I am the author of River of Thieves. And a certain co-written book with our very own Michael R. Fletcher, which we're going to continue to talk about a bit of that. And then we're going to segue into talking a little bit about ghost writing and other collaborative writing ventures out there um so picking up where we left off with uh, your ghostwriting experience on neuroyaska groans what were some of the obstacles that you guys ran into that um you would recommend other co-writers to avoid or, or consider before they start doing co-writing in the future you know I, I don't know that we <clears throat> i don't know that we had any major roadblocks um nice we were really fortunate as far as the way it worked out and the fact that, that we worked well with each other. So, um, you know, I, I guess if I were going to say, if there was the possibility of a roadblock, it would be ego for anyone, um, mm. you know, want to go in without that and, and, and just, you know, listen when you're, when you're conversing about any aspect of the book. So, well, yeah, Mike, we, Mike has no has no ego. He's I, I am without only moldable ball of clay. Clay, yeah. See what I did there. Yeah, nice. very clever. Very good. clever. I agree with him. You should be a writer, Duck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we we went into this. We, we basically um. I'm gonna say we had three rules, uh, and you'll 
it might have been more than three because I can't count. First um, rule is no, you don't talk about Noriaska groans. Second yeah. rule, you don't so talk we, uh, about Noriaska groans. <laughs> we were we sort of started this with okay, like no egos. We're we're both gonna slaughter each other's stuff. Like when we were editing, we were just merciless. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you can't worry about hurting the other guy's feelings. You got to be like, all we want is to make this the best book possible. So let's do sure. that. So yeah. no egos, um, no deadline. Uh, we started, we were like, if this takes a, a year to write, it takes a year um, and no stress. So if at any point, either of us was like, you know what? I don't have time for this shit. It's like, mm-hmm. okay. Like if we don't finish it, that's fine. It, like doesn't, it's a no stress, no ego, no deadline. Um, that's cool. We just, that's awesome, yeah. we will take our time and we will do this. Um, and then once we kind of had like our basics started, I think we fucking, we nailed the first draft in a, like two and a half months. Wow. It was wow. insane. So we went from no words. stress and no deadlines to like done. <laughs> <laughs> how many, how many words is it? <clears throat> uh, just around 110,000. Okay. Yeah. I, I haven't actually read any of, uh, of your stuff, Clayton. Do you and Mike have sort of similar styles? Uh, I'd say no. Um, my stuff either wavers between comedic but dark or just flat out dark as fuck. Um, but it's usually that stuff is usually closer to experimental most of the time um, where Mike's stuff actually makes sense. <laughs> I was going to say, if you're another level in experimentalness above where Mike is, that is impressive to me. That is like, <laughs> that's like Salvador Dali being like, no, I'm not crazy. There's this other guy. You got to see. <laughs> so that is pretty cool. If you don't have the sort of like of similar styles, did you find that sort of like when, when you'd sort of written the all three chapters and then, you know, the, the other person would edit them, was there a lot of editing involved to bring the book to an overall uh, sort of like single style rather than having different chapters just, feel jarring against each other i i think we as we worked we we picked up um each other's voice to a certain degree so uh you know i was i was able to kind of suppress yeah yeah sure <laughs> so um, i was able to uh suppress the 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 weirder parts of my urge to, to, to just go you know uh, off into left field but um yeah, it's uh, as you work, you you kind of it, it kind of blends. You pick up parts of the other of the other person's voice. You pick up parts of their style, and and, and it, it just kind of all works out. But I, I think maybe in the first couple chapters there was some fairly heavy ed- editing in order to bring things into line. So, but also, uh, I mean, a part of why I yeah I really wanted to do a co-write and with Clayton was um each when you're each writing one character. Um, it really separates the voices of the two characters. You know, the act- the idea, the hope, the goal is to have two very different characters. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, like we kind of, in editing each other, it helps sort of unify the book and the feel and the tone of it all. Uh, but like, I don't think I really did any like editing on on Clayton's voice, like on, on the way he writes, because that's that's what I wanted. I wanted Clayton. You know, so we were, it was more of like, we go into each other's stuff and like, you know, you spelled that wrong or you can delete that word or what if you did this kind of shit. Um, but the, those, having those two distinct voices was, was very much the goal. Um, 
And that's, I think that's part of why, why it works so well. It does that's, work very well. The book is fucking brilliant. <laughs> buy it now. I mean, that's, that's one of the hardest things. Cause like when I was writing Paternus, anybody who's familiar with it, it's got a zillion different viewpoints, um, points of view and characters and not only how they acted, their personalities and what they said, but I, I tried and it was really hard, but I tried chapters or sections or segments that are written in a particular character's point of view would be written differently um, because that person would be thinking differently and have a different background and a different personality. And I would think that having two different writers or writing two different perspectives would make that a lot easier because that's, oh, yeah. that's hard stuff. Yeah. And you see it, you see it in the first law. Um, I'm actually reading yeah. it before they're hanged right now. And yeah, right. the, the Northman chapters, uh, the, the language is coarser. It's rougher. It's, mm -hmm. it's more, there's more slang built into it. Mm -hmm. And then as you move to union uh, characters, it's, it's a little cleaner, you know, and so on. Um, but you definitely see that 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 whole it's not just it's not just personality and speech right it's it's, it's actual it's actual prose there's a change in prose yep mm. mm -hmm. yep i'm so excited well, for you clayton that's such a good book like <laughs> so like it's such a big step up from um the blade itself as well which is a great book but yeah before they're hanged it's just tighter and leaner and meaner and yeah yeah. The, um, one thing, just uh, as someone who's read several or more of both Mike and Clay's books, um, they're, I think that it's not as disparate as they say, as they're, um, they, they both have um, a very bizarre, not, not very bizarre, but irreverent sense of humor um, that flows through all their stuff. Um, the only one of Mike's that doesn't have a lot of sense of humor is Ghosts of Tomorrow, which is just fucking dark. <laughs> there are there are there, there are no relief jokes in that book. Oh uh, come on! But uh, there's one. But but Beyond Redemption and some other things that Mike's done and um, and Clay stuff is is kind of all like that. Um, though Child of Nod is a little less humorous. Um, there are some good laughs, but it's a little less, um, but, but you guys nail that kind of thing and the, and the irreverence and anything goes, you both do that. Um, you guys don't mind talking about snot and, you know, I was going to say, Clayton, and, did you, did you rein in Fletcher's obsession with bodily fluids? And, you know, <laughs> no, you I know, don't think I did. And, um, <laughs> encouraged so, it. So there are, there are some definite, um, uh, definite similarities in yeah. in in your styles in 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 the way in the way you write and what you do in your in your stories and how you tell your stories. so um when i first heard that you guys were doing this i was like yes because this will be fun because these guys both do this stuff really really well yeah. interestingly uh sort of uh maybe uh a number of people actually don't know who wrote which character like, oh, you know, really? we've said like, oh, I wrote, I wrote well, one I character, don't. Clayton wrote the other. I and people are like, don't. oh so yeah, don't. well, so don't tell you me. wrote Jen. I'm like, actually, no, I didn't. Don't hmm. tell me. Cause I, that's coming up on my list right. and I want to figure it out myself. Right. Yeah. 
yeah same right. uh, you did mention it earlier on but that both the names are sort of similar <laughs> i haven't read the book so yeah. don't know about it um it's, what did you it's, yeah it's what, what did you guys kind of um oh sorry Dirk, were you saying something no oh, i was just gonna say um <laughs> nothing important <laughs> <laughs> nothing that we say on this show is important so that's no stress um what did you guys kind of learn about your own writing from this process of having such a tight feedback loop with each other? Because normally when you write a book, you know, you do the whole thing, maybe you pass it off to an editor, they give you comments, you learn something from that, you get reviews, you learn from that. But it's sort of like a very loose feedback loop. Whereas I can imagine if you're getting feedback every three chapters, you would learn a lot about your own style and um, your insensibility. So was there anything that was kind of like a revelation to you about your own writing or, or just about writing in general that, that you learned from this? Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I've always typically been a discovery writer and, you know, after writing this book, I realized how just loose and kind of sloppy some of my, my, my drafts are. Um, yeah. so I've, I've gotten down to where I'm, I'm starting to structure them a little better. Um, taking them a little slower so that that there's more room for them to breathe uh because i can typically slam through a draft of sixty thousand words in a couple months uh if that nice. uh, so i i i wanted to start taking my time really kind of building something more solid than i used to so cool what about you mike um I, part of what I learned um, was, I mean, because because we were it was a co-write and we both had to have access to all the information, um, stuff had to be sort of thought about a little more in advance. And mostly in the past, I have been a like make shit up as I go kind of writer, uh, both plot wise. I mean, even though I know where I want the book to end, um, you know, I don't I haven't hadn't previously sort of planned stuff out much in advance. Um and world building, I, I often tended to do on the fly, but because we're both now writing in the same world, we actually had to build, we had to lay a lot of that out in advance, um, which was kind of really nice to have. Hmm. And then the, um, <laughs> the like plot three chapters, write three chapters thing that has stuck with me since. Um, like right. it, it just, it worked so well. Uh, it's like, shit, that is probably how I should actually just be writing my books is like, lay down some world building and then you know you don't have to plot the whole thing uh but at least sort of stop every three chapters take stock of where you're at figure out where it's going to go next um so that that was um that was really good uh in terms of like more detailed like specific writing stuff uh like prose level stuff we were i think we were both pretty um we both stuck to our own sort of style. We weren't trying to change the other person's writing at all. So, you know, at that level, the edits, it was mostly just cleaning shit up. Hmm. Like maybe literally in the case of a lot of your chapters, given your love for bodily fluids. <laughs> I love the, I love this joke's just stuck. And now Flex is just like going to become known uh, as just like the bodily fluids guy. The poo it's, man. It's not, um, it's yeah, not, no, it's, sorry, sorry it's, to like do a joke. That was actually a really good answer from both of you guys. It's and I, not I a joke. It. <laughs> I'm it's not just a it. Like, was it page two of Beyond Redemptions? The first uh, mention of snot. 
<laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm more serious. No, sorry, first. sorry for saying that. Um, what, what was I going to say? Uh, I was going to say, yeah, like the, the the three chapters in advance thing kind of gives you the best of both worlds when it comes to discovery writing and outlining. Because yeah, it lets you have that structure while also having the spontaneity and pushing yourself to invent on the fly. How, like roughly speaking, long are each of these chapters? 2200 words roughly um i think i think one of the things we had talked about was was keeping the chapters to a manageable length that's short yeah yeah uh and and part of the idea is to keep people is to pull the reader along Hmm. you know if if we end the chapter a certain way or if we we keep the chapter tight and keep it fast-paced we end it a certain way we're going to pull that reader along into the next chapter and the next chapter the next chapter and so on yeah absolutely yeah. yeah, and we sort of went into it uh, with this idea of um, not ending every chapter on a cliffhanger, but every ending trying to end every chapter on a moment. Mm. Yeah, you know, ending each one with a hook. Yeah, yeah. just something, something kind of cool, you know, a little, a little something to drag them on. Particularly for a book where it's swapping back and forth between two point of views, that's one of my favorite things as well to read. That is like. It's a really irritating thing when you're reading it. You know, you reach the end of a chapter from one character and then it's like cliffhanger and then you really want to know what happens to the next but then it swaps to the other character. And initially you're like, oh, I don't want to be in this character's head. And then they have a cliffhanger at the end of that. You're like, oh, I really want to be with this one and continues and then it goes back to the other one. And it just like is constantly doing this grass is greener That's on the other side. two chapters, but then you get something like, you know, Game of Thrones, you're like, oh God, yeah. another brand chapter. I just want to know what happens to Jamie. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and then sometimes you have like a whole book that is just from side characters and you don't even get to know what's happening to the main people so yeah so, <laughs> yeah oh, that so, was a that's, nice little dig knife i haven't actually read that book there. so i just referring to it from memory but i only read the first two game of thrones books um which is a failure and i will be reading the rats but yeah i remember yet. reading the, the 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 kind of the prologue and in, in that one is like uh, just so you know that all of the characters we talked about in the last three books, yeah, they're not in this book. <laughs> Bold move, Martin. Bold move. <laughs> have fun because this is a this is an entire book about you know characters you don't care about. <laughs> but it's only but it's only seven hundred eighty five thousand words. <laughs> well, speaking of long books, I've just started reading the Wheel of Time, so I'll see you guys in ten years. Uh. Yeah, big commitment. Never even tried to. <laughs> <laughs> it's daunting. It's daunting, but got to do it before the Amazon show comes out. Um, let's talk a bit, Dirk, about your experience with co-writing. Oh, okay. Um, I'm actually co-writing a book right now with David Estes of uh, the Faith Mark series fame. Um, uh, it's funny. A lot of people, a lot of folks, I, I bring that up to. They're they're not familiar. But uh, David has been one of the best-selling authors on Amazon for for some years now. Um, his books are just he sold unbelievable amounts. Um, and uh, I was approached by uh, I'm on the I'm busy. Got it. Got it. <laughs> um, so. Uh, I was approached uh, after I finished the third book in the Paterna series, I was planning to do 
a series of shorter uh, prequels and then another trilogy after. And I still plan to do that, but um, I had thrown out a crazy idea just making fun um, uh, in, a, in a writer's group where I am um, a member. And, uh, and they approached me and said, we'd love you to do that. And then I get, and I'm like, we know you're not probably not interested because, you know, I kind of do my own thing, but uh, this is what we've been doing. And I've seen how well their books have been doing a company called Rafe Marked, um, founded by uh, Bryce O'Connor and Luke Shmolenko. Um, and, um, and I was like, eh, but then David Estes, who's, who's a really, really cool guy, just a great guy, was really interested in, in working with me with it. And um, so we had a meeting and basically long story short, we made a deal and it's a great deal for me. It's, it's fantastic. It's gonna be a trilogy, um, departure from Paternus. But um, uh, basically I was joking that I was going to, okay, screw it. All these books are doing all this. They just continue to make great money. I'm gonna do a, military magic school, dragon rider, um, uh, progressing progression fantasy with the kid who has to, to a, an outlier who's weak, who has to get stronger and stronger and better and better. I said, but my main character is gonna ride a Kraken. You know, I just threw that instead in of a dragon. Yeah, instead of a dragon. And uh, they're like, well, huh? How's that going to work? <laughs> um, so how, how does how, how how's the the co-writing? How how is that sort of meshing together? That, so so then uh, David liked that, loved that idea, and um, we uh, we made we made the deal. And basically, um, the way the Wraithmark stuff works, and this is not a secret, is they're they're both both uh, authors are on the title of the book as 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 a, as a co-written book. But one writer does most of the writing, does, does basically all of the writing, which is basically just the typing out of everything, right? Um, and that's not all there is to writing because we collaborate uh, on a, a lot of ideas um, for the story and outlines and, and things like that. So it's a little more, it's more than a senior editor, but kind of like a senior editor job. That's what David's doing. Um, and then I'm doing uh, the physical writing and what I found is that it's really, really freeing. It's, it's so much easier than writing by myself because I don't have to make all the hard decisions all by myself. If I, you know, I, I'm sure you guys have run into that. You run into this point, should I do this or should I do that? And it's like, then I agonize over it for three days and I don't get much written because I'm not sure where to go. Um, and that now I can just pick up the phone or send a text or, or do a Zoom call or a Skype call and, and just work it all out with, in 15 minutes. And then I can just feel free to keep going. And um, I'm able to write a whole lot faster and with, with far reduced stress because it's not just on me. Um, so it's actually, it's actually worked out. That kind of co-writing has worked out really, really well. For me, I'm I'm loving it. It's it's a lot of fun. Nice. And have there been any like similar to the questions I've been asking Clayton and Mike? Like, have there been any things that it's taught you about the writing process or about your own writing or about how well, to make better? Books? Um, 
don't worry so much. Don't hmm. freak out. Um, don't don't fret and moan and toss and turn and and just just go with it because one thing that David has kind of taught me that I I had started to believe in the third book in the second book after the second book and in writing the third book um, the I should just go with my gut instincts um, don't overthink it um, and David has been really good about about pointing those things out he's like because I was like really freaking out at one point because I didn't know if I should do a five a five year time jump, which felt right to me to do to skip a lot of the stuff, but then refer to that stuff later. Not like mm. long flashback chapters or anything, but just kind of learn what happened in those five years um, throughout more throughout the book that helped develop him to where he is, because he makes this kind of jump in things he's able to do. Um, but it's through, a, you know, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of work and suffering and, and stuff like that. But then you learn who his mentor was and how he helped him a lot as he went along. And, and, uh, then the mentor comes back later, which I think gives it more impact. But, um, I, I suffered through, should I just write these out or should I just skip it and then do this other thing? And I explained all that to him. And he's like, once again, your gut instinct was right. I think do the time jump. So it just, instead of worrying about that for a week or two weeks, and then, you know, weeks down thinking, did I make the right decision while I'm writing this out? You know, it's done. I don't have to worry about that anymore. So that's, it's, it's really nice. Awesome. And I guess, I guess that's similar, I guess, um, there are a lot of writers that that if they really have a good relationship with their senior editor, at uh, with their editor at a uh, or at their agent even, um, then they they can do that kind of thing too. And I think that would be very, I I find it really freeing. And yeah, I've learned a lot about my own process and how I think, um, and it's really helped helped me streamline and work more quickly. Right. All right. Well, I think this is probably a good time to, to start wrapping this episode up. But before we finish up, do you guys have any other questions or things that you want to say about co-writing? You guys going to do it again? That's a good question. Is there going to be more Norilska books? Are there, is it going to be more Norilska or something different? 70 years of Norilska. Yeah. Yeah, we'll probably do another Norilska book. We've got something started that we were working on with a uh, crystal matar. Uh, but like right now everyone's kind of got other books on the go as well. So it that's yeah. going, it's been really slow. Um, so the two and of three, you and crystal three of you. Yeah. 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 Three oh, wow. POV characters. That's cool. Uh, three writers is uh, eight times as difficult as writing with two. Yeah. Yes. You just have three main characters. It's easy. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's now, so I, do, I do want to say, just to be fair, we, we, we talk a lot about Michael's obsession with bodily fluids. But he's no more obsessed and probably even less than Joe Abercrombie. So that's some good company. <laughs> and that has not gone away in his... Not kings theory. of fantasy. That has not gone away in his newest <laughs> series. <laughs> I got to say, I'm a big fan of snot and fantasy, so I stand by Fletcher. 
Hashtag. I'm okay with which is not bad. It's just for me. It's it's when people eat and they just spill grease down their faces and oh, that just drives me insane. That's the proper way to eat. A lot of that in Abercrombie too. Yeah, things stuck in their beard. (gasps) I guess if it's stuck in my beard, I'm like, gotta get it out. Cut the whole thing off. Um, yeah, <laughs> great. Um, Clayton, do you have any, any other final words, Sam? Not really. <laughs> great. All right. Well, good having been... you. <laughs> He's written all the words down on Noyaska Groans. Read it now. Don't listen to him speak them. <laughs> Pay for them and read them instead. Um, no, this has been <laughs> really good. Uh, yeah. Once again, thanks to our patrons for supporting this show. And again, if you sign up to our patron, um, wizardswarriorswords.com. Wait, what am I saying? Patreon.com forward slash wizardswarriorswords. Link in the show notes. Uh, you can get access to various free advanced reader copies of our books, including Norieska Groans. So if you want to kind of actually read this for yourself and see what it's all about, you can check it out. If you're a current patron, you already have access to that. So you can read it right now. You literally have no excuses. I will be testing you on the book next Friday. So Ooh, make sure. Quiz. Revised Mike, up. Reach, um, Mike, reach behind you and show <laughs> us that that. Uh, yeah, get the cover up. Get the cover yeah. up. Oh, this this here is very sexy. This, hard this cover. is the book. Oh, there's a hard cover of it. Oh, hard cover. Can you give it a knock, please? I always love a good knock on a hard cover. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. satisfying. Cool. Can you show us the spine? Show us a bit of that spine, Fletcher. Mm. Oh, wrong way. Good thing. Well, listening that. to the podcast right now, I just like. Oh. Ah! And yeah, we are, what we're looking like, at beautiful. is a book. Just imagine a book that's a hardcover. A hard you book. Just to tore someone's it. spine out and held it up for a camera. <laughs> that's actually what <laughs> was going not, on. That's fine. <laughs> um, all right. Well, this has been really excellent. Clayton, thank you so much for joining us, especially at late notice as well. We were literally messaging to organize this episode like yeah, well, thanks for having probably me. 18 hours ago. So <laughs> this is uh, a true hero squad that we have assembled here in such a short time, feeling very optimistic about the apocalypse. Um, thank you everybody for listening or watching to the show. Worst A squad ever. <laughs> we would not last. We would not last. We would all just be looking at Michael R. Fletcher, like wiping his snot on some battle axe or whatever. And then the Mad Max <laughs> would, would come past. And, and actually, they would recruit they would recruit Mike to play the death metal flamethrower guitar. And the rest of us would just become those little blood flag saves or whatever. So. Yeah, we wouldn't last. Mike would last as a heavy rocker. Clayton, don't know enough about you to, to know how, how you He's like last nine feet tall in all rage. He's fine. He's oh, the only okay. one well, that's going to be passed. You'll you be the leader of the, the cult in a couple of weeks then. So you're going to have a totally fine view. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth as always. We're good. We got this. All right, let's wrap this episode up before I get too much more crazy than I already am. I've been up very early this today and I think I'm a bit sleep deprived. So I, I need to I need to go to sleep soon. That's clearly what's happening here. Anyway, thank you everybody for listening or watching to this show. <laughs> thank you for watching my descent into madness. Uh, and we will see you next time. Be sure to hit us up if you have any listener questions as well. We've been getting some great listener questions coming through the inbox. See you everybody. Uh... Thank you. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.